Films India Cover Story Podcast Series in association with TheIndicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover package takes a look at some of the stellar performers in North India. Titled Northern Giants, this issue has profiles of some heavy hitters who've built lasting businesses and continue to thrive. Joining me on the call is N. Madhavan, Forbes India's Deputy Executive Editor. Hi Madhavan, it's lovely to have you. Hi, Abhishek. Why Northern Giants in particular this time? If you look at all aspects of investment flow, be it FDI or uh, be it venture capital funding, bulk of the investments have flown into either the southern region or the western region. This is partly because uh, some of these states in these regions have been very, very proactive when it comes to attracting investments. They have doled out policies uh, which are very friendly to investors. And uh, as a result, we have seen this flow of money into these regions. And if you look at uh, both these parameters, I think Northern region comes third. But at the same time, Northern region has built some of these big companies there who dominate not only the Indian market, some of them are even world beaters, you know. We wanted to do a special issue which looks at some of these Northern giants. As you would see from uh, the lineup that we have, Hero Motor Corp is not only the largest manufacturer of two-wheelers in this country, but it is actually the biggest two-wheeler manufacturer across the world. Then we have Apollo Tires, which is, uh, again, you know, one of the largest players in the country with a large international play. Then we have Dabur, uh, where we have, da- we have uh, done an interview with the CEO, Mr. Sunil Dukal, a top FFCG player, and of course, PVR again, the largest multiplex chain in this uh, country. Let's start with uh, the company that you have put on the cover page, uh, that's Hero Motor Corp. Uh, you just mentioned it is the world's largest two-wheeler maker, but uh, one of the highlights of the article that I found was that much of its success for many, many years was tied to the technology and the expertise that Honda Motors would bring to the table. And suddenly after 26 years when the uh, divorce happened, uh, they were caught a little unawares and yet uh, they've managed to get back on their feet and hit the ground running. Uh, would, would that be uh, one major aspect of their success that they could recover quickly from the fallout and yet uh, be up there? Of course, advertising and all other things remaining the same. Uh, technology is what drives, the, uh, drives any automobile or two-wheeler industry. Correct. I think that, that that's the focus of the story itself. Typically in India, almost all the major two-wheeler manufacturers entered into joint ventures with foreign partners. And uh, in most cases, these partnerships have not worked very well. But in the case of Hero Honda, it was a very successful partnership. For 26 years, this partnership changed the, or rather transformed the Indian automotive, uh, automotive market from being a scooter market to a motorcycle market. And Hero Honda became a household name thanks to its fuel efficient and uh, technologically superior bikes. But then there were a lot of problems coming. In a joint venture, typically uh, it works as long as both the partners have something to learn. And uh, Honda had no clue about the Indian market and uh, so Hero was helping them understand the market. Whereas uh, in the case of Hero, they did not have a technology to come out with a solid product, though uh, Honda was a technology leader when it comes to the two-wheeler segment. It was a great combination. It worked out well for 26 years. But the problem started coming when both the partners stopped learning. They had nothing much to learn. But the challenge for uh, Hero was more severe compared to that of Honda, which already had a subsidiary in India. And they had understood the market. But Hero was uh, left in a lurch because they did not have the technology.
so the challenge was very simple in front of them that uh, how do they develop this capability and the story really talks about how they went up developing this capability and you know the greatest thing i would say about hero uh, motocorp that is the name that the company took after the breakup was that despite not having the capacity to launch a bike in the last 5 years they have managed to retain their dominant position in the market yes their overall market share has shrunk uh, by a few percentage points but that is bound to happen because they did not have how did they manage to turn this around so quickly i i also read that by march 2017 they have this ambitious goal of launching 15 new bikes is there this big machinery that has been put in place to make sure that both uh, technical as well as uh, human as such to to get this going how, how did they manage to recover so quickly they they were very smart in the sense uh, on uh, january 1 2011 the breakup happened so as first step they had a very immediate strategy they identified partners so then they started uh, working with the same partners to try and get some upgrades in terms of technology and all that and you know parallelly they started working on that developing their own internal capabilities so to start with they came out with freshers uh, refreshers uh, just tweaking the bikes here and there to make the product portfolio fresh then they started tweaking with a little bit of uh, you know technology here and there always they working with the you know their foreign partners as they were doing that parallelly they started recruiting people for developing the r&d and also they set up what they call the center of innovation and technology or cit in jaipur with an investment of about 850 crore where uh, it's, a, it's a huge setup with uh, you know most modern uh, product development capabilities that they have put in place they have brought in people they have recruited lot of youngsters and uh, they are being trained and now that center is working on almost 30 new products and they are working across technologies they are working on um, you know hybrid technology they are working on flexi fuel technology they are working on alternate fuel they are working on electric bikes couple of months ago they launched their first bike completely built at uh, cit which is the splendor i 110 cc i think if the products do well in the market i would come to a conclusion that, that i think hero motor corp has uh, really managed to overcome all the challenges that they faced post the break up with honda let's let's move on to the next one uh, uh, apollo tires uh, is another story that you have uh, it, it has a similar a theme is that it's it's up against these established players like mrf seat and yet back in 2005 it, it had to uh, cut its ties with michelin Uh, tires yeah apollo tires is one of the largest tire manufacturer in this country and uh, unlike say mrf which has always been an uh, very indian player mrf prefers to have all its manufacturing facilities in india and export to many countries apollo has tried a different strategy it has tried to become a global player by acquiring capacities across the world as you mentioned about the south african and uh, you know the acquisition which did not really go down well they tried to acquire cooper tires in the us that did not work and they have also acquired capacities in netherlands uh, which they are now trying to make success out of it so apollo tires has been a very very ambitious company with a very significant global play so the story typically looks at what the company is doing how it is learning from the past experiences or mistakes if uh, you could say to sort of uh, get its global act together and make a success out of it
and uh, in the interest of time moving on to the next one is pvr which every uh, every other customer would have visited a multiplex with uh, pvr's name on it and they are doing quite a few things differently one of the things that i i found interesting in the article was that they they allow you or one of the features is to allow the customers decide what time they can watch a a movie by collaborating on social media and uh, uh, trying to customize even the time at which they would want to uh, you know enjoy a film apart from other features like you know a fine dining experience etc so the movie watching experience is is not just restricted to the movie alone uh, anymore and pvr is right at the helm of it pvr has uh, so the story typically looks at the transformation that pvr has undergoing till about uh, a year ago for pvr it was always growth they were acquiring company they acquired other uh, multiplex chains uh, and they grew rapidly i think their competition then was just inox or a carnival or a cinepolis but over time they realized that uh, you know the competition is just not the other multiplex chains but any form of out of home entertainment is a competition for them and once they realized that their entire focus began to shift so the one that you mentioned about a customer being able to fix a show at his own time at a place of his convenience or a screen of his convenience is is a new platform that they are beta testing it is called vacao so the idea is to offer customers a choice of what movie to watch at what time at what place of their convenience it's it's a radically new concept what is pvr now doing is that that having realized that it has to retain one its existing customers and the competition is no more multiplex chains but it is any form of out of home entertainment be it going for a restaurant for a dinner or is it going for a walk or going to a beach anything is a competition for them so having decided that what they are doing is they are trying to make the entire experience unmatched better projection systems better audio systems but also overall experience of what food and beverages they can people can experience in a pvr right and, and the market itself is huge isn't it fifth biggest market in the world and yet we only have 6.5 screens per million people as opposed to let's say 23 in china or 123 in america for instance if you look at germany whose uh, the box office collection is lower than uh, india has more has much more screens per million people so uh, with uh, just 6 and 1/2 screens per million people growth is inevitable yes and only 15 years ago it was just going to a theater taking a ticket watching the movie having a popcorn and going home now the movie is just a small part of the whole whole deal and and finally uh, we have dabar as well madhavan fourth largest fmcg company please tell us a little bit more about this family owned business which uh, step back a little bit and let professionals do the jo- meaning outsiders run the firm which is not really heard of as much in india Dabur India is a very interesting uh, company for the simple reason that uh, today FMCG is one of the most disrupted uh, sectors and uh, Dabur is a big name and yes it is it is a family run business which has now taken a step back and a professional is now running the show we have this interview with the CEO Mr Sunil Dukal and uh, the focus of the interview has been been on how it is working out this uh, whole professionally run system he also talks about the demand scenario the rural demand is still weak and uh, he we also ask him about the latest threat that many of these uh, fmcg companies especially those which are focused on ayurvedic based products are facing from patanjali ayurveda the, the new kit of a block who seems to be doing uh, extremely well and mr dugal uh, has been quite forthcoming on his views on these things 
One final one. Right at the beginning, you mentioned how northern firms or firms in North India play second fiddle to those in, let's say, South and the West. So, what is the state government's contribution to the business climate in each of these regions? Is that one of the reasons why one region does better than the other? Exactly. See, I think in India, state governments still play a very important role when it comes to. Uh, attracting investors some of the reasons why maybe the southern region or the western region has done well is because the governments have been very proactive and they in fact compete with each other to attract investors i wouldn't say all, all the northern states have not been equally proactive but some of them have not been and that has also impacted in the flow of investments into the various regions as uh, the column by mr rajesh viram touches upon she really looks at each of the states what they are doing what they are not doing and how it is critical for some of these states to become uh, more proactive so that they can offer a globally competitive conditions for investments to come into their states and after all you know creating jobs is a primary responsibility of the government and the jobs are not going to be created unless you bring in investments into into the respective states so i think the column really looks at uh, those aspects of uh, what is right and what is uh, not happening as far as some of the northern states are concerned right and i think uh, madhavan on that note it's time to wrap this one up uh, thank you very very much for your time thank you very much thanks thanks and all you listeners you can get this podcast on forbesindia.com as well as on itunes and to have someone call you for a subscription just message forbes to 51818